Soulful Sparks Radio. Because sometimes all you need is a gentle nudge, a kind word to keep your flame alive. How can a harmonious movement practice assist us in creating mindful connections with each other? Hi, I'm Soulful Wizardess Marta Stemberger, and you're listening to Soulful Sparks Radio. Welcome. Let's begin with my soulful verse for this week, Soulful Week 52, inspired by Rudolf Steiner's Calendar of the Soul. Enriched by the soul's depths, spirit opens into the world's life, awakening the beauty around us. The universe in turn streams the rays of love onto the earth, imbuing human life with strength from the cosmic spirit source. If you'd like to see the image and read the article that goes with this week's verse, visit the Soulful Sparks of Inspiration online at soulfulsparks.hamoves.net soulfulsparks.hamoves.net Yes, Human souls enrich the spirit by finding and expressing our uniqueness during our life on the earth. My unique expression in this lifetime has always been an interweaving of connection with nature, awareness of the spiritual worlds, and movement, either walking or dancing. Since I was very little, since I can remember. My first memory is as a two year old, I know it's young, but I do have a very distinct memory of that. I used to play outside the house that we were living in on the outskirts of Ljubljana, the capital of Slovenia in Europe. My mom trusted me, it was safe enough. There were fields separating the house from highways and roads, so it was nice and cozy with gardens. So I was playing outside. And then one day I saw a plane. I noticed a plane on a clear blue sky. And I followed it. I just followed it. just kept on following it until I heard my mom's voice desperately calling me and I turned around and she was so far away there was this huge field of freshly plowed soil separating us I have no idea how on earth actually I walked through that field she was just far away and I wanted to follow that plane right she had to, she recalled that she had to call me several times and then finally and reluctantly I started walking back 
And, you know, I couldn't walk through those big chunks of earth, so I was walking around it. But that plane on the sky was still there. Well, one thing that I didn't say yet is that as I was walking, following that plane, I almost stepped onto a major highway. Of course, my mom was, <laughs> she was just, oh, it, must be, it must have been horrible. You know, she was really just calling for me. Well, let me actually share a poem that I wrote about this experience. Oh, just let me be the wild red horse in the prairie somewhere. Wilderness, freedom, space, to run, to jump, to prance, to move to the rhythm of my heart. Follow the feet, the arms, the body, not just the head. Follow the heart, follow the eyes, follow the plane. There was only me and the silver plane on the open blue sky above. I was myself. I was one with everything. The two-year-old girl in a tiny red jumper who knew where she wanted to go, who she wanted to become, who she wanted to be, grounded on the earth, yet expanded into the universe. She was one with everything around her. And then, my mother's frightened voice pulled me back into this world of ours, where you better do what others expect of you. Otherwise, you'll hurt them. You'll see pain on their faces whenever you're trying to be your weird, little self. Oh, just let me be the wild red horse in the prairie somewhere. Shortly after, we moved to the countryside, to my paternal grandparents' house on the outskirts of a smaller town on the south of Slovenia. So from the age of three to five, I was my grandfather's shadow, literally. I was just walking with him everywhere. When, you know, he was digging out potatoes, when he was walking to the vineyard to do his chores there, I was always with him. And he enjoyed my company because I was this cheerful little child um, just walking, you know, never complaining, just walking along with him, even though there were, there were quite some distances at some times. We didn't have tractors or cars at that time. We just, you know, I think we still had a, one horse, but we certainly had a cow. Um, you know, a tiny, tiny, small farm and the life there. My father actually even made me a tiny rake so that I was able to participate with adults when it was time to harvest the uh, the croppings and uh, 
and all that goes with it. And then we moved to town itself with my mother. My parents got a divorce, so my mom and I, we moved to a little town. There were still gardens. I enjoyed the gardens in that particular house. It was this nature. And then I noticed that there was this basement in this huge building, and then some people were actually dancing there. Hmm. Well, my mom actually encouraged me and said, well, do you want to? Do you want to take a dance class? Or do you want to go to music school? That was before the first grade. I was like, no, no, I don't want to. I did actually um, participate in a, a children's choir, though. But I was drawn to that window, to that opening into the basement where people were dancing. And when I was in the second grade, I asked my mother, are they still dancing down there? And she said, yes. So that's how my dance career began, with a very gentle classical ballet first. It was a modern approach. Um, my teacher was influenced by Laban. Actually, her teachers, uh, my teacher's name was Milica Buch. Um, she has long ago passed on. I have fond memories of her. And she was a student of Pia and Pino Mlakar. Pino Mlakar was actually um, from the same town as I was. But he learned dance in Germany, where he met his wife, Pia, at the Laban Institute. So those were my first steps into the world of dance. Approach through, kind of like modern approach to classical ballet through Laban. And then when my teacher, Milica Buch, could no, no longer commute from the capital, all of a sudden I have I had nothing. There was, what can I do? I needed to move. I needed to move. That was in my blood. So I did some ballroom in high school. And then I went to college in the capital and did some jazz and did lots of club dancing. It was just dancing. I just loved it. And then I finished my um, two-year degree in fashion design. And I said, like, now I'm ready. And I'm ready to have my own dance company. And that's what I started. I started my own dance company called Terpsichora in my hometown, Novo Mesto in Slovenia. I just went to the local cultural organization. I said, well, can I practice here? And they said, yes, of course, why not? So <laughs> there it was. And I picked a few dancers that I observed on the dance floor, either in ballroom dance floor or in clubs. It's like, oh, they dance with their whole heart. They're not dancing to seduce someone. No, they are really in with music. And I asked them, do you want to dance in my dance company? And they said, like, well, yeah, okay, good. So we were six of us, three men and three women in our late teens and, and, and early 20s. I was in my early 20s. 
And my first choreography was on Johnny Smambo. You probably all know the movie. And we were noticed. We were noticed at the, at the local gathering of um, amateur dance groups. And we were encouraged to move on. And we went to summer dance school um, in the capital. And we were just we were just full of energy and I was just creating. I created two full evening performances in one year and I kept on going. And then at these summer dance schools, I met different foreign teachers. Um, and they said, well, you know, you have incredible enthusiasm and talent and ideas, but uh, you need more technique. You need to go to proper dance schools. So I went, I went first to Paris, um, where I met Fred Lasserre, um, who became a very good friend of mine and excellent teacher. I said, well, my dear, if you are serious about dance, you need to go to New York. So I came to New York <laughs> in October of 92. I studied at Alvin Ailey first. I finished the certificate of dance. Um, their professional division and then I noticed that I'm really drawn to Martha Graham technique so I continued my dance studies at the Martha Graham School for Contemporary Dance until until I injured my knee <laughs> all of you all of you who know anything about Graham in particular you know that that knee injuries are quite common I was devastated what on earth would I do now? You know, I did few tondus and pliés, and um, I had to stop. I could not continue. I could not continue with my dance career. <clears throat> I was searching, and I was searching. Just after I left my hometown, one one of the local um, journalists uh, wrote an article about me and he said, Marta likes dance. She doesn't like it the way we like ordinary things that are close to our heart, but we could live without them. No, she truly loves dance and she plans her whole life journey through it. I just recently found that article again. He <laughs> he just really put it in the words. Dance is in my in my blood, so I kept on going. I was searching. I did lots of yoga. I did five rhythms. I did tai chi. I did capoeira. I did tap. I did flamenco. I did anything that has to do with movement in spiritual um, research. Vika has rituals with movements. Shamanism has some movement and music. So I was exploring and searching, you know, that combination of movement in spirituality. I mean, living in New York City, there is not much nature, which I missed, but I was able to expose myself to different ways of moving and different approaches to spirituality. 
dance is in my blood. That's my paraphrase of Martha Graham. I cannot not move, plain and simple. I remember in those days, in the 90s and early 21st century, I was always looking at the cards, at all these different centers, you know, this type of movement, that type of, type of movement, these performances, and I was exposing myself to many, many things. But I never found anything about Eurythmies. It took me 16 years in New York City, capital of the dance, if you will, 16 years in the dance world, in the major dance capital of the world, and I could not find Eurythmies until 2008. I was browsing through the New York Open Center brochure, and here it was, not under the movement practices at the end of the catalog, but closer at the beginning, under esoteric, Western esoteric practices. And it promised that we will move to the sound of the word. Huh, I said to myself, that's very interesting, because I did, I did choreography on the sound of the word when I was at Martha Graham. One season I took a workshop with Bassie Schoenberg at then Dance Theatre Workshop. And um, what I did is um, I chose my favorite dialogue from a Slovenian film and asked a young composer here in New York City, I said, listen to the sound of speech and please write down the music of it. Don't, don't create the music. It basically, transcribe the sound that you hear. And that was my soundtrack. I thought that, and I still think, that there is music in speech. And I choreographed a group piece on that music during my choreography workshop with Bessie Schoenberg. So here, several years later, I see that there is a particular movement modality where we actually move to the sound of the word. So I went. It was a Eurythmy workshop with Gail Langstroth, my first Eurythmy teach teacher. I was just mesmerized. I was just mesmerized. All of a sudden, we were moving geometric forms circles and, and curves and, and stars. I think we did a five-pointed star um, in that class, and we were moving the gesture for the vowels, and then she brought up a poem, and we were moving like a complex form to the sound of that poem. Oh my gosh. Yes, this is what I was looking for. Harmonious movement art of Eurythmy. It combines the spirituality and the movement. <laughs> what else could I ask for? Well, what else I would want to ask for is to learn how to do it professionally. And there it was. One of the best schools in the world. It's just one hour north of New York. 
Eureka Spring Valley in Rockland County. Right that year, so my first dance, my first Eureka class was in uh, at the end of April, beginning of May of 2008. My application was was at the Eureka Spring Valley by the end of August, and I started part time. I was I was concerned about my knee. I was concerned that. Um, perhaps um, I wouldn't be able to do it full-time, um, but it was okay. I started with part-time, and then I continued full-time, and I love it. I loved it then. I still love it. It's not an easy training. It's a four-year full-time intense esoteric movement training. It changes you inside and out. And I completed the training in 2014. We were performing um, several times a year. At the end um, of the training, we did um, a customary um, Northwest, uh, actually that would be Northeast store, right? We are in the Northeast <laughs> of the United States. And then we went to Dornach in the summer of 2014, um, where we shared our work with um, other graduates um, of Eurythmy trainings all over the world. And then I returned back to Brooklyn, where I live. And I had only one goal then, and I still have one goal, which is to bring Eurythmy into the world, to bring Eurythmy to dancers and performers, and to bring you with me to spiritual seekers. It's these two aspects of you with me that for me are, 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 are the key to my fulfillment when I'm moving. Because what really interests me is how can you with me fit into the dance world and where does it fit in? as well as how can you with me fit into the world of spiritual empowerment, of spiritual growth, and how does it fit in there? I feel music. I enjoy my body move to the sounds, any sound. Because the ear takes in first the physical vibrations, which are perceived unconsciously. And then we perceive conscious sounds that are recognized as tone or speech. There are, there are books written on, 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 this, on this process of how we hear first from the physical vibrations into the conscious sounds. I sense the vibrations and my body responds with movement. Emotions arise when listening to music, lyrics, poems. And we respond by movement. It can be as small as tension in muscles, a gesture, or a big dance move. A dancer may then organize these spontaneous, improvised movements into a choreography based 
on the particular dance technique she or he was trained in. This organized collage of physical moves on the sounds, mainly music but also speech, sometimes silence, may then be presented as a solo piece, or a choreographer may gather a group of dancers and teach them his or her choreography. The basic principle of this process is to move from one zone center in the physical body, which is first unconscious and then conscious, and then often we move into the space. But it's always my center moving around. My center can either meet, clash, or ignore your center. Group choreography thus becomes a dynamic reflection of many individual centers moving in the same space. In classical ballet and modern dance, it's mostly about physical bodies in space. In duets, we have exploration of physical entanglement and disentanglement. It's interesting and can be beautiful. And harmonious connections do happen. I listened to a radio interview with the choreographer Mark Morris a few years back. He said that classical ballet is moving at each other and folk dance is moving with each other. In ballroom or social dancing, the emphasis is more on moving with each other and on the rhythm of the music. A couple dancing needs to know where the downbeat is and what the pulse is, what the rhythm is. Waltz is one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. Polka is one, two, one, two, one, two. Then we have Latin dances with very intricate rhythms. The harmonious connection in a dancing couple happens. But both partners need to have the technical savvy and they need to allow each other into their space, finding the balance between leading and following. In various dance techniques, the harmonious connection among the dancers does happen. But as a consequence of other skills, we can observe how, especially in modern dance, the search for harmonious movement has been going on. First, we have the impulse to break away from the restrictions of the classical ballet. We had Dal Cruz and Isadora Duncan and Ruth Saint-Denis at the turn of the 20th century who were heading into nature and into movement exploration of non-European cultures. Yoga had a big influence on the modern dance development at the beginning of the 20th century. Elizabeth Kendall, one of my teachers when I was working on the Master of Arts degree at the New School for Social Research, researched the beginning of modern dance and if you're interested I highly recommend her work Where She Danced. Where She Danced. It's the title of the book. It's, I think it's out of print by now but you can always find it around. 
Now, Martha Graham, coming out of Denis Shawn's school, explored the dynamics between the center and periphery, contraction and expansion in the physical body. Well, there is a Eurythmy anecdote that I was privy to hear from one of the older Eurythmists um, during my training who came to visit and to see a performance. Well, she was explaining how, um, as a student, as a Eurythmy student in, in Dornach, they would go to see a, a dance performance by Martha Graham in Germany. And they took one of their Eurythmy teachers with them. And um, she said, Martha Graham is doing in the physical body what Eurythmists are doing in the etheric body. So if Martha Graham is doing expansion contraction in the physical body, that's where Martha Graham is doing her contraction expansion, Eurythmy is doing the breathing, which is also expansion contraction, but there's a breath, as a breath in the chi energy field, in the etheric body. And it is in space. Alvin Ailey poured the soul into his work. If you ever have a chance to see a recording of Alvin Ailey's choreography revelations, please do so. And actually, look at the, recording, or the recordings from different years. If you look at the recording from the 60s, 1960s, the soul was in those movements, was so strongly in it. Perhaps their physical technique was not as, as perfect as it is today, but the soul was there. When I was at Alvinelli in the mid-90s, I had the privilege to see um, revelations with some of amazing dancers, some amazing dancers, some older dancers, some younger dancers, um, and Revelations was just this perfect combination of soul and physicality at that moment. That was when Dudley Williams was, was still dancing the part from the Revelations, I Want to Be Ready. No, he was not able to execute all the perfect positions of the legs in the standing up part. But the beginning of I Want to Be Ready is on the floor. And the way he moved it, he was, he was, there was something else moving through him. It was so powerful. And after he passed on and I saw other dancers, good dancers, do I want to be ready? It's not the same. It's just not the same. They don't have the tools. Somehow they don't have the tools to, to access that invisible something that we can then see as the audience. So over the decades, the soul in modern dance slowly evaporated while the physical and the athletic prowess soared. 
Now, if you look to the other side, to yoga. In yoga, we are aware of the physical and the spiritual. When the focus is on the physical, the body moves. When the focus is on the spiritual, the body is still, we enter the meditation state. Now, Tai Chi connects the moving of the physical and the spiritual in the etheric Qi energy field. Now, Yuritmi embraces all three aspects of the human being. The physical body, the feeling body, soul, and the spiritual aspect, which is on the periphery. Yuritmi is the breathing movement between the center, the soul, and the periphery, the spiritual. The dance between my soul as the center and the spirit as the periphery becomes visible through the movement of the physical body. The movement becomes conscious on all levels. The aim is harmonious interweaving among all parts of human being and harmonious movement flow among all movers. Now, let me give you an example. I know we are on the, in the audio realm, so you cannot see things, but you can imagine, I'm, I'm actually asking you to exercise your imagination, which is extremely important when you move your rhythm. You actually first have to see in your imagination, what you're going to be moving before you move. And, you know, maybe perhaps that's why I started with these radio shows. Because I am trying to encourage you, my dear listener, listeners, to imagine what I'm saying. Right? When we read, we just kind of technically take in the words and we can read really fast. You know, we used to read so that we could really immerse ourselves into imagery you know that nowadays you know that's unfortunately disappearing but it's important to read books and, and see the imageries when we are listening you know there is this one more extra step yes we hear the sound but imagine them imagine imagine what i'm saying see the images of what i'm saying especially because i'm talking about about the visual art You know, in, in videos, um, we are served the imagery already, and we can be lazy. And the research has shown that that is actually detrimental to our creativity, not just to creativity as um, a way of creating beauty, but also creativity in problem solving. So I stepped aside a little bit um, with this imagination, even though it's the most important part in this whole thing, we need to imagine. We have to be fully in our life force and imagery before we can move. But I wanted to give you an example. So, imagine, that's the word today, this evening. Imagine that you're standing in a circle, right? You're not standing in the middle of a circle, you're standing on the circle line with other people, 
you're standing on a circle line with five other people. And the distances among you are equidistant. So the points where you're standing are the points of a perfect five-pointed star. Right? I used to draw five-pointed stars all, all the time, and I hope you all are familiar with how to draw a five-pointed star. So, and as a human being, you are, each one of you, a five-pointed star. So imagine that where you're standing right now on the circle is the head of the five-pointed star. It's your head. And then on your right is the point where, which is your arm, and then the point which is your right foot, and then you have the left foot and the left arm, and then back to your head. Now, in order to move a five-pointed star in space, the way you would move it is from the head, you would walk the straight line to the position of your right foot. Then you would walk the straight line to the position of your left arm. Then again, you would walk a straight line from your left arm to your right arm. And then you would walk from your right arm to your left foot and then back to the center. So, so if you just do it by yourself, so you go from the head to your right foot, from right foot to left arm, from left arm to right arm, from right arm to left foot and back to your head. Right? Now, you have five people in the same circle. Each one is standing at their own head. Because each one of us is unique. Now, what happens if each one of you walks your own five-pointed star in the same circle at the same time? Do you think it's possible to do it? Or will you all crash into each other? <laughs> when I was explaining this to to someone who knows about you, with me, but he is also... Um, a mathematician and you know into into physical sciences and knows geometry left and right it's like well that's impossible to do but it is anyone who has ever done you with me can tell you that because all of a sudden you know when you walk at the same pace at the same time five people in the same five-pointed star the same circle each moving their own five-pointed star, what happens is that the whole circle contracts and expands. That's all the circle is doing. It's like a kaleidoscope. You know, try it. Try it. You know, come to my, my Eurythmy classes or, you know, gather five people together and try it out. Find a Eurythmist in your area, in any Waldorf school would have it, and try it out. The key is that each one of you needs to be aware of your own six dimensions, which is up, down, front, back, left, right, 
each one of you needs to honor your own path, not giving way to others, not, not pushing yourself forward too much, but really honoring your own path. Each one has to respect the other's path at the same time as you're honoring your own path. And you need to be fully aware of each other and aware of the unity of all of you. It's being aware of the etheric field of the chi energy of the circle and each other. It's this next level of being in a group, in a community that we need to practice. And when you try it, be aware how you feel. Do you feel stuck, uncomfortable? Are you free? And then find where you feel like that in your daily life. You see, this is, this is the, the part that I am trying to do by bringing Eurythmy into the world so that we can take this kinesthetic perception that we are fine-tuning and developing and applying it to practical matters in daily life, in relationships, in communication. Harmonious movement of Eurythmy gathers people in a circle and gently smooths the energy flow among them. To contract and expand the circle, the members practice simultaneous awareness of themselves and each other. The roundness of a circle can be maintained only through conscious cooperation of all individuals involved. The roundness of a circle can be maintained only through conscious cooperation of all individuals involved. People are yearning, I can see it. And some are ready for connection with others at a deeper and higher level through the art of harmonious movement. When moving Eurythmy, one needs to be aware of one's center in the soul and the periphery in the spirit, of the self and the people around you. We need to be open to the idea that we are more than just physical bodies. We have life energy surrounding us. We are connected to the highest spiritual world through our uprightness, our I am. Eurythmy is both firm and warm. It's a healthy I am and a heartfelt I feel activity. It requires discipline and compassion. Out of small communities, larger, larger communities emerge, and humanity can then become a global community concerned about and striving for the good of all its individual members. But where do we begin? Within ourselves, through many approaches. Individual Eurythmy exercises, yoga, Tai Chi, various other integrative movement and self-help modalities. The next step is to develop the sense of interconnectedness within our immediate circles. And this is where Eurythmy comes into play to help us enliven the space among us as multi-layered human beings. Circle, interweaving movement, poetry, music, 
sense of the whole on the multi-participation level. Focus, center and periphery, heart, thinking, doing, learning, listening, observing, touching, not touching in a physical sense, touching with our etheric forces, sensing the presence of each other, engaging with each other at intimate yet objective level. As I mentioned, there is no physical touch among each other in new rituals. The issues and disagreements may come up, but should be resolved through the gentle repetition of movement, through the life process of opening our hearts, of understanding each other and ourselves through movement. In this way, we transform the separation the hardening of the hearts, which can be obstacles when trying to resolve conflicts. Instead, the mediation process happens in our hearts individually as we strive to move eurythmy forms in space together, objective, harmonious forms, such as circles, stars, the infinity figure eights, this sensibility is developed in individuals when attending open eurythmy circles. When moving eurythmy in an established group, the sense of community among the members is strengthened, which helps such group to accomplish greater deeds together, gently, with compassion, in joy and peace. The basic eurythmic principles of harmonious movement between the center and periphery, between the physical and spiritual, help facilitate people moving harmoniously with each other to consciously create a community and multidimensional balance through free will of mature individuals. One can truly serve community from an active and aligned center within. The rest is just a vain search for fame. This doesn't mean that one needs to remove oneself from social engagement. But it also means that we cannot just seek refuge in social activities and communities. This explains why yoga and meditation are still prevalent and why Eurythmy is barely surviving. People are still very vulnerable and careful when connecting with others in deep and meaningful way. People establish conscious and unconscious strong boundaries around their centers and hearts so that they won't be hurt to the extent that they themselves cannot always connect to their own center. So yoga and meditation are still very essential and important for inner development. But I see people yearning and I see that some of us are ready. We are ready for more. We are ready for connection with others in a higher sense through Eurythmy, through harmonious movement art that is about connecting at a higher level through movement. One needs to be aware of one's center in the soul and periphery in the spirit, of one's physical self and of people around you. For Eurythmy, people need to be open to the idea that we are more than just physical bodies that we have life and energy bodies surrounding us, 
and that we are connected to the highest spiritual world through our human uprightness, through our human I am. As I am talking about you with me at various holistic bazaars and trade fairs in New York City, many are intrigued about this movement art and one gentleman calls it social yoga. Yes, one can see some aspects of yoga in Eurythmy, but there is much more. Eurythmy is the breathing, alive space among people. It's the flow of energy as we move along towards, through, past each other. Yes, all of that, because we are moving our etheric field around it. It's not just dancing with, as in folk dance, or dancing at, as in ballet, but consciously cultivating the aliveness among the movers. Time and space are crafted into a magical opening where we can all glimpse our own true dreams, the dreams that we were born with, the path of humanness that awaits our discovery. Eurythmy is a performance art, pedagogical tool, movement therapy, social art, spiritual practice. It harmoniously blends aspects of movement meditation, social yoga, social tai chi, sacred dance, sacred geometry, esoteric astrology, spatial and kinesthetic awareness, poetry appreciation, musical sensibility, to name just a few ingredients. Rudolf Steiner, who developed Eurythmy in the 1910s and 20s, created a rich set of tools that allow us to make the sounds of music and poetry visible through movement, to transform the inner human activity, images and thoughts, into conscious harmonious movement. People often ask, why would one do this particular movement art? Well, let us be reminded that we are all stuck in our bodies and minds in the in 2017. That's where we are, stuck in our bodies and minds. We are losing the reserve of healthy life forces. You read me actually fluffs up our etheric or chi field so we can breathe again. It recharges our energy flow, enlivens our life body, and perceptibly lifts our vibrations. I remember as I was teaching uh, one of my uh, open Eurythmy classes at the Edward Casey Center. That's one hour of movement, and I and I come out, and the director of the center was right there, and she said my gosh, you're glowing. I was like, well, I, I was doing You Read Me for one, for one hour right now. That's what it does. You Read Me recharges our energy flow, enlivens our live body, and perceptively lifts our vibration. Through You Read Me, we can connect in a tangible way with our individual highest self, with our guiding spiritual star. And we will do a meditation, movement meditation, um, in about 10 minutes at the end of tonight's show. But let me share also 
list of the benefits that I've personally experienced in myself and others. Balance your thoughts, feelings, actions. Harmonize all dimensions of your earthly existence. Cultivate spatial and kinesthetic awareness. Enhance your capacity for creative problem solving. Experience the soothing unity of people moving together. Nourish your life forces for increased well-being. Increase your overall grace and flow. Elevate your vibrations to feel peaceful. Relax and dissolve stress. So the question was, why would one engage in harmonious movement of Eurythmy? Let me summarize. Eurythmy, a spiritual practice, is a gentle yet effective movement meditation that harmonizes various parts of your being. It fine-tunes vibrations in your energy field and brings your chakras in balance. Eurythmy, as a performance art, is a dance with rich vocabulary of gestures, principles of moving, and forms in space that breathe life into music and, poem, and poems by making sounds visible. Eurythmy is suitable for every human being who acknowledges the vibrational aspects of existence. The benefits are palpable. Whether we practice simple exercises, watch Eurythmy performance, or pursue this art as a profession. My question is now to you. Would you like to experience conscious unity of people moving together in a Eurythmy circle? Try it out. Let me gently lead your group through simple harmonious movement forms in short Eurythmy sessions before a lecture, presentation, meeting, during lunch hour at work, or in classes and workshops for adults. Here are my offerings. I offer Eurythmy for harmonious teamwork. Those are the Eurythmy circles at work, 30 to 16 minutes once a week to freshen up the overall work workplace, work energy. And then I combine this circle with dynamic name mandala, astrology in your name, in a series of tailored individual and group sessions for core teams to smooth the relations strengthen the connection for a more effective workflow and improved creativity. So that's Eurythmy for Harmonious Teamwork. I also offer refreshing opening circles, about 10 to 15 minutes. Those are speech social Eurythmy circles to prepare a group for a lecture, a presentation, or a meeting. It can be at the New Age Center. It can be at the workplace. We move gently in a circle to the sound of a spoken poem or verse suitable for the occasion and practice awareness of ourselves, each other, the space among us, as we move smoothly to create simple harmonious group forms in a circle. We experience peace within, heightened connection with each other, and greater sense of the flowing energy that surrounds us all. And then I also offer harmonious movement circles 
30 to 90 minutes and you read me workshops two to five days for groups in different settings. It can be conference, conferences, retreat centers, workplace, various established and ad hoc communities, open circles. If you're interested, um, check out my website, www.hamoves.net and go under Work with Marta. www.hamoves.net We have covered a lot today. And as I promised, I will guide you through the ERO Harmonious Movement Meditation to end this evening. ERO Harmonious Movement Meditation is the first Eurythmy exercise given by Rudolf Steiner to Lori Meyer-Smith in September of 1912 in Munich, Germany. From Hawaiian shamanism, we learn that ERO is the sacred name for the infinite light the light of the world. The ancient Gnostic text, Pistis Sophia, informs us that the resurrected Christ and his disciples used the invocation ERO to call upon the boundless light of the universe. ERO, as a sound practice, arises out of mystery schools, especially Greek mystery schools, and is still actively practiced as a sound meditation in Rosicrucian circles. In Eurythmy, we actually move the sounds. I would like to invite you to stand up if you were sitting. Normally, we do this exercise three times. Tonight, we will only do it once. So stand in a comfortable, upright position, feet slightly apart, arms loose by your sides. Imagine that you're in your own column of light that connects the highest source of cosmic love in the heavens and the deepest source of cosmic life in the core of the earth. Keep your feet on the ground and gently shift your weight to the balls of your feet. As above, so below. We are standing upright between the heavens and the core of the earth. This is the sound of E. Now gently shift the weight onto your heels while keeping the whole foot on the ground. Lean back slightly, touching the back of your column of light with the back of your head, allowing the angels to support you and take off any burdens that you may be carrying. We lean back in awe of creation and trust the forces of light, love, life, to support us. This is the sound of oh. Slowly and gently shift the weight onto your toes while still keeping the whole foot on the ground. Lean slightly forward, 
touching the front of your column of light with the top of your forehead. The angels are embracing you from behind while you soften your chest and heart, imagining your soul embracing you inside. We stand in the circle of humanity, together embracing the planet Earth, each other, nature around us, all there is. This is the sound of Gently return to your neutral, upright position, weight evenly distributed through your whole foot. You are standing as a human being on earth, connected to your higher self who protects and guides you always. Fold your arms across the chest in reverence to seal in and protect the benefits of this harmonious movement exercise. Breathe, let go, relax. Sit down. I encourage you to practice the EAO Harmonious Movement Meditation daily. You can receive the written and audio guided meditation for free if you subscribe to my free newsletters. On my website, www.hamoves.net, hamoves.net, breathmoves. So, www.hamoves.net, and just go under Soulful Tools. If you would like to experience harmonious movement and dynamic name mandala that I mentioned in person, come to my three part Eurythmy workshop at the Anthroposophical Branch in New York City. The first part will be on April 21st and 22nd, in two weeks, with a Friday evening lecture and Saturday afternoon movement session. For more information, visit my website. Again, it's www.hamoves.net, hamoves.net, and go under events. Rudolf Steiner wrote, we demand a lot from life, but we live past one another. Let's change that. Let's engage in mindful connection with others through the warmth of the human heart. Tune into the wisdom of your soul. Nurture your life forces with harmonious movement art of Eurythmy. The spiritual practice, a healing art, and a creative expression. Let's walk consciously on the earth. Let's move in harmony. Thank you for listening to the Soulful Sparks Radio. And tune in again next Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time. Have a wonderful week. Soulful blessings to all. Because sometimes all you need is a gentle nudge, a kind word to keep your flame alive.